What, what microphone should I get from my podcasting studio at home? Are we talking about podcasting today on the WebMonkey podcast? Yeah, we could. That'd be great, right? I'm interested in it. What do you think about podcasting? I think it's interesting. What's the, uh, what's the future of podcasting? That's a great question. I think that's actually an open business. Um, so web publishing. Let's, let's take it back a minute, which is what we do. Back to the basics. Back to the basics. So on, on Wired.com, we write stories on web pages. One verb and one noun and one preposition in that sentence each is, is an anacronym. We are not writing. We're typing. Mm-hmm. And even the, the, the verb typing is referring to an action that, used to, that was invented to take place on a typewriter. Uh, on, right? That is a, fi- a preposition indicating a physical thing happening, putting it on, which in, which in the context of writing on describes the placement of ink on paper. And web page. Page is a noun that is derived from the from the same noun from the noun that that refers to a piece of paper or parchment a page um that means that the metaphor of writing really is rooted in expiring technology mm-hmm. if you look at the vast makeup of the internet it's not mostly comprised of words it's mostly comprised weight wise of videos and sounds and pictures, which to me indicates that writing, which is in itself a method of capturing language in a, tr- in a transportable form, is maybe n- not the end state for thoughts and ideas and words on the internet. I think that actual physical, actual audible words, like we're saying now, using the same translation to and the same transport mechanism as we would with words, that's more of a future. Video, which is not actually translating a scene into words and then pouring it into your brain, but actually showing you the same scene, that's more direct. So I think the the internet we'll be looking at in 20 or 30 years from now, it could have a lot fewer typed words on it, a lot fewer written words on it, and a lot more micro-movies, a lot more really powerful images and a lot more voice and whether or not that's a podcast or some other use of audio i think is an open discussion yeah so interesting do you spend any time on reddit yes not as much as you do no i spend a lot of time on reddit um well maybe not a lot of time but okay maybe a little bit more than (laughs) the the normal person what i think is so interesting about reddit as far as like publishing goes Mm -hmm. is one of the most popular forms of media on reddit isn't isn't text um Images are very popular, but maybe the most popular thing of all is the animated GIF. Yeah. And I think that following those, following the same lines, like I think, and I was thinking about this yesterday, I think that the reason the animated GIF is so popular, it's because it's a video that you can do at work with no audio. Hmm. A powerful yeah. animated GIF conveys a story mm-hmm. without, without needing to hear anything, which I mean, is the opposite of what we're talking about of the power of podcasting today. But, but in that same vein, it, it conveys a lot of information in a, in a small little snippet of something. It's true. It's, 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 um, it's a shame that it's such a piece of junk format. <laughs> well, I think it's changing, right? Like yeah. Imgur is doing, you know, the Imgur stuff is really interesting. Is it Imgur or Imgur? You know, I like Imgur. 
Because like, it sounds like a German dude. I like imager. Imager. Does that work? Uh, I mean, I'm going to keep saying imger the same way I say gif. Let's say mm, Even though gif ger. is wrong. Mm, and just like make it be sounds like mger. But that's completely opposite of what imger is. Because mm, they're not sounds ger. at all. Mm. It's it's im okay now you've got me sold an imager, um, yeah they they reinvented or they they proposed a new format right yeah they're doing the gif v's right which are much lighter and well, much higher video. fidelity it's video so it's not an animated gif anymore it's just video and it's the same thing that Twitter's doing with their right, animated gifs that's just HTML five right? yeah it's just a video yeah. format at that point so they're taking so for if you don't understand gifs are very heavy like a gif is like. Like, let's say you have, like, a six-second animation. And these are all made-up numbers here. But, like, a six-second animation of a little 320 by 240 GIF could be, like, 35 megabytes. Is the weight... Is the, the weight, weight... Is the weight figure that you just quoted there, is that made up or is that based on the I'm numbers? just making that up. And okay. then when you take that same thing and make it a video file, it could mm-hmm. be, like, less than a megabyte. Hmm. Because... And so when you're looking at mobile... Why is that? Oh, just because the compression rate for video is so high. Like, we figured out, we, we as in the... The royal we of Jake uh, and some other people helping him. Uh, yeah, like everybody that's developed video codecs for the last 30 years. Or so something. you and some friends. Me and some friends yeah. have developed ways to make video very highly compressed. It's like it's it's the same thing going from like wave formats to MP3s. Like there is loss in fidelity, mm-hmm. but it's very it's not noticeable anymore. The same thing has gone happened with video. Like you used to have these just gigantic uncompressed video files and now we can compress them into MPEG four, H two six four, blah 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 blah, into these really tight, compact video formats. GIF, on the other hand, was not made to do that. A GIF was meant to be, you know, a binary representation. It was not able to be compressed. So because you can't compress a GIF to the same rate that you can compress video Streaming video in GIF format makes a lot more sense. So what is it that prevents a GIF from being compressed? Because it would seem to me, and I'm not a developer, so this is not my area, but it would seem to me that a GIF, like a video, is just a series of frames that are stitched together in a particular order to convey motion and an image. Why can't you compress that? And also, why are these like huge files so crappy looking? Like it looks like a Surat painting. <laughs> I think that... I, I'm not a compression expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I know that the GIFs, it's just not a format that lends itself to compression. When you take a, I, and I know when you go to like Photoshop and you can say separate. Siri, why are GIFs looking so shitty? <laughs> Cogitating. Okay, I found this on the web for why are GIFs looking so shitty. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's, it's actually showing me a bunch of, Bad gift ideas. Oh, that's... 12 presents you should never give someone. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. I, didn't, I interrupted you for low payoff. I'm sorry, Jake. No, it's all good. I, I, I think this shows just how awesome Siri is at helping out with questions like this. Yeah, I had, uh, I had the opposite experience for my entire life with Siri. Really? <laughs> <laughs> See, I go right to Google. The Google app is yeah. just perfect for stuff like that. I agree. But anyways... I just don't think they, back to the original thing, GIFs as an image format just don't lend themselves well to compression. And I think that when you add compression, what it does is it takes away, the data that it takes away is like color values and frame rates and stuff like that. So you could, in theory, make a really nice looking GIF at 30 frames per second at, you know, so many colors. But when you compress, you take away the color 
the color density, and so you lose colors, then you lose frame rate, and it just makes it look. I'm sorry to keep worse. harping on this, but is it the static image component of the GIF that is uncompressible at a very basic level, or well, let, not uncompressible but harder to compress? The my understanding of it is like, let's say you have this a file, yeah. and inside of that file, uh, you have a chunk that says, let's say it's 12 frames, right? Okay. Like, and you say, okay, so in this 12-frame file, I want to compress that. So every bit that makes up that first frame, you have to say, I have to look at the pieces of this file that I need to now take apart to compress that. And so you lose the color fidelity, and then you say, well, okay, I've compressed the colors down. I, ha I started off at 256. Now I'm down to 128 color samples. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, now my fidelity is out the window because I've lost half of my color space. So it no longer looks good as far as colors go. And then you say, well, now I'm going to start cutting out frames where video compression, my understanding is it just does it a lot differently and it can do it a lot more effectively. And so it works better. And it must, I guess, be rooted in the fact that the GIF format itself is just old. Yeah. Ex well, and I don't, I don't even want to say that it's old, but it's just, that's just not what that format was meant to do. Maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, like where video can be compressed and then we can have like decompressors on the other end, mm -hmm. like your whatever your browser or your uh, iPhone or whatever you're using to play the video can then decompress the video better. OK, so maybe once again, I'm not a compression expert, but if you are, you should reach out to me. Why is Jake on Twitter or Joe Brown on Twitter and maybe let us know inform us so that we can inform Others. Joe Brown on Twitter, actually. That's not my thing. Oh, what is it? Real Joe Brown? No, but I wonder who Joe Brown is on Twitter. Twitter. Oh, you're faster. Twitter.com slash Joe Brown. That's a handsome looking dude with 53 followers. Must sure. not be me. What is it? It's Joe M.F. Brown. Joe M.F. Brown. My middle initials. Joe M.F. Brown. Reach out to Joe M.F. Brown or at... Why is Jake on Twitter? I would reach out to Why is Jake because you understand this stuff a lot better than I do. I'm just curious. I'm just making it up as I go along. As our, as they will likely tell us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the original story, though. Back to the reason that we're here today, and that's to talk about podcasting. All right. Podcasting is a future medium. Like, I think it's really fascinating. Podcasting kind of went has gone through this, like, resurgence, right? Very popular 2005, 2006. Yeah. Uh, I think it strongly correlates to Apple and the most recent increase uh, back then. OK, back then it was iPods, right? Yeah, because the podcasting would not exist without iPod. It would just yeah. be like boring songs of white guys talking into microphones. Yeah, seriously. Who wants to listen to that? You faithful listener, you do. Um, <laughs> um, back then, though, when the iPod was released, Apple also at the same time released GarageBand. And built into GarageBand was the ability uh, to both record podcasts and then add also other markup, like chapters. And then they also bundled iWeb, which was the same, was this really cool product that made publishing easy. You just had an FTP account. You could publish your iWeb site that included a data feed, which could then be imported into iTunes. And then anybody, just like Apple did with desktop publishing, you know, we're going to bring this publishing talk from paper to web, from phonograph to MP3, podcasting. Do it's you know when the term podcasting, where, where it came from? Uh, no. Came from an article in The Guardian oh. in, uh, in 2004 by Ben Hammersley. Ben Hammersley. And he also had other proposed names for the medium. Interesting. Um, according to... 
Well, yeah, Wikipedia. <laughs> it is a portmanteau of the words pod from iPod and broadcast. I think that's pretty safe to... Yeah, I think we can all assume that. Yeah, yeah, so it's interesting the effect that a little gadget can have, you know? Yeah. yeah I don't want to get too meta here, but podcasting is literally what made me a web developer. And, really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So if you want to step back in time with me... Diddly diddly, diddly diddly. Back to about 2006... <laughs> Um, I got an iPod. I was super into it. And I was I was doing video production at the time. I was in school. I was in college. And uh, I was in my school's digital media program. And we had a class. We had this We had this one teacher, uh, Mike Harper, if you're listening. I'm going to tag you on Facebook in this post. But Mike Harper is super Apple fanatic. At what university? This was at Utah Valley University in Orem, Utah. Or and Uvu. 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 <laughs> mm. Mm. Grr. Um, Mike Harper had a podcasting class. Uh, Apple was going into this route. They had all these tools created. And he said, let's get all of our this. This is so good for the school. This could be so great for education. What if we recorded all of our classes and then we broadcast or not broadcasted, podcasted all of our classes. Huh. And so we had a special class for upperclassmen where we could do that exact thing. So we put together a bunch of stuff so that we could then start podcasting out stuff from our digital media school and also other classes like nursing and business classes and stuff like that. Uh, from there, uh, we just jump ahead a couple of years and here I am at Wired working on podcasting again. So kind of interesting. Yeah, the um, I'm still reading this article on Wikipedia, but it's actually like the, the people who have start, who started actually distributing podcasts um, MTV VJ Adam Curry, who I don't remember, in collaboration with Dave Weiner, who's like one of my favorite OG web developers, created, is credited with coming up with the idea to automate the delivery and syncing of textual content to portable audio players. So that's pretty cool. That those two people teamed up to get this stuff out there. Well, so Dave Weiner, he's the guy that invented the RSS. RSS. Feed. Well, he's one of the people. Who, one of the people. Yeah. He's also the guy that wrote the foreword to the book called Bootstrap Responsive yeah. Web Development, written by Jake Spurlock. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. He wrote the forward to my book. What? I think I've read your book, Jake. What? Yeah. I don't even believe you. I, for I mean, yeah, actually, I believe I, I think Dave gave it to me. What? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> we'll just pretend. We'll just pretend like that's true because. No, Dave has never given me a book in my life. Yeah, but yeah, Dave. No, like yeah, RSS is the uh, the back end that makes all of this possible. We recently um, updated. Oh, so we have here at Wired. We have a few podcasts, right? We have, I think the longest running is the Geeks, no. Game Lab, is the, is it? Gadget Lab. Gadget Lab, yeah. Is Gadget Lab been going longer than Game Life? Um, I think, I don't know about duration, mm -hmm. but I know that um, Gadget Lab has over 250 episodes now. Wow. Game Life, I think, is around 150. Um, Geeks Guide to the Galaxy, which I don't know our official... We work with them, we but I would say them. that they are solidly an independent uh, yeah, organization. They do publish it through us. Yeah. And then The Monitor, which just kicked off, they've had 16, I think, now. Mm -hmm. And then WebMonkey, we've had like seven. And I think there was an old WebMonkey podcast. Michael Aurea has told me about this, but archives of that are kind of lost. Do that. they archive podcasts? Is there, is there a place besides iTunes where you can see an archive like there, like there is the Wayback Machine of... You know, I, I don't know. I, I assume we could look on the Wayback Machine and look for some of those old 
archives of WebMonkey and stuff like that. But, hmm. but it we, is interesting, right? Like the the even though I I went on that little screed earlier about how typed and written words are endangered species, like. There's been a lot more care and attention paid to because we're more used to them to preserving typed, written, printed words. And a lot of the stuff that – and I imagine this is true for some podcasts – is just sort of gone unless it's on individual people's iPods stuffed in drawers <laughs> and not turned on for seven years. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I do have this one iPod that's still in a drawer. Full of podcasts? Probably. My iPod that's still in a drawer is full of bootlegged albums. <laughs> Actually, my dad, I was in, I was at my parents' house a couple weeks ago, and my dad pulled, and it was a, one of those first-gen iPod touches, and it was kind of crazy. I have an iPhone 6 Plus, and the entire phone fits, or the entire iPod fits inside of the screen of the iPhone 6 Plus. Wow. It's just, it's so tiny. It's like, and so my, my dad gave it to my son, and, you know, and so it's running iOS 4.1.2 or something like that. And it's cool because you cannot install anything on it that will work <laughs> right now. <laughs> so as a parent, you must be psyched. Uh, well, uh, I, I am and I am not. I am. Be, I'm not because it would be nice to like be able to install some like kids games or stuff like that to give to my kid. On the flip, though, I can't install anything, and so the only thing that is on there is YouTube and Safari, and none of the parental controls that exist on like newer stuff exist on those older iPod touches. So there actually is no good. Thing. There, yeah, there is no good thing going for this right now. <laughs> so I put like Big Hero Six on it because the iTunes, the i, uh, the iTunes Store stuff works. So I just downloaded one of the movies that we bought, and so it's we have this one device that's sole purpose is to play Big Hero Six. To play Big Hero Six right now. That's outstanding. And it's like an eight gig one too. It's like wow. not a lot of storage. So you can put like one movie on. I could probably put one other movie on, but uh, not not a lot works on that old. So I think that it's the iPod Mini that I have sitting in a drawer, a silver iPod Mini. And so which iPod mini is this? Is this the silver kind of like rounded side yeah. with the scroll, with the touch wheel? Yes. And it's the first generation one that I think just has four gigs. And there's a really cool trick. I used to work at like a third party Apple store. And what you can do is those have actual little hard drives in them, right? Yeah. And you can take out those hard drives and it's a pin to pin exact replacement. And you can use an SD card. And huh. so you like you take a like a blow dryer, a hot air gun, and then you can peel off the bottom, pull out the components, and then you can just take an SD card. Not sorry, not an SD card, a compact flash card. Um, yeah, and you can buy big. You can get a sixty-four gig compact flash card. For, yeah, for like Easy. twenty bucks yeah. or something. Yeah, and so like I kind of want to, I kind of want to. So the hard drive went bad on it. So my dreams of finding old podcasts and music are probably shattered. Now that I think about it. But I would like to, I saw that there the other day and I was like, I should really just do this because I really loved, I, that, I spent so much time with that stupid iPod. Those were the good old days. Seeing a 16 big, 16 gig compact flash car. 499? 2099. 2099. Here's a six, let's see what this Amazon one is. I just clicked on an ad. Mm -hmm. You're welcome, internet. Nope. Oh, 1895. 1895. But still 16 gigs on an iPod mini. Yeah, and then it's there's no spinning parts, so your yeah. battery lasts forever. That's true. It's a pretty big battery in there. Yeah, because it's used to spinning that little yeah. platter, you know. 
But how good is that battery technology? Oh, it's probably shot. Yeah. <laughs> I, but you could probably find a battery replacement too for 10 bucks or something. Yeah, so for, you know, 30 bucks, you might have a $30 music player. Yeah. Just like you could get for $30 <laughs> off Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Flash. I'm, I'm going to try and see how much a 16 gigabyte flash music player would cost. $29. You already Googled it? No, I'm, I'm guessing. Guessing 29 Yeah. Or, you know what? I've got Bluetooth speakers that are like 10 bucks. So let's go $19.99. There's a 16 gig Walkman you can get for $52.99. Oh, is it yellow? No, it's black. They don't make yellow Walkmans anymore. Dude. I loved those Sony Sport Walkman. Those are awesome, right? Do you remember that... Um, that story that Matt Honan wrote for Gizmodo back when we were there together. Um, Summer is a Walkman in Kuwait. No. I think that's what the title was. Summer is a Walkman in Kuwait. Is that, did I get the headline yep. right? Yep. Oh, I have such amazing recall. Yeah. Um, really, look it up. It's from 2011. It's a really beautiful meditation on the Sony Walkman by Matt Honan from, from the Gizmodo good old days. And, uh, and yeah, it's a, that's a beautiful story about, like, so Matt actually worked overseas in Kuwait after, I think it was after college, and um, some, I don't want to give it away. Super okay. good adventures. Interesting. Did yeah. you have one of those yellow Walkmans? Oh, yeah, I loved, I, I, would, I think I wore it out because I was clicking it open and closed so much. I was like, I can get this in sand and water, and I lived in New York City, and, like, I was not exposed to these natural elements. Um, yeah, I had one of those too. And what I, I played, it was the Aerosmith get a grip album. I don't mm. know if you remember this one, but of course I, I remember that. I, I had a cassette tape and that was like, those two things are, those are in parallel, like yellow Walkman, Aerosmith, get a grip. I got it from, I got that tape. I think I probably borrowed it and never gave it back to my friend, John Benson. Hmm. And, uh, sorry, John. It's probably the Walkman or the tape. The, just the tape. Oh well, you can you can pay that forward. Yeah, I'll uh, give him a free trial to Spotify or something. There you go. <laughs> I got all my tapes for my Walkman for my sister. I had a big sister. Did you uh, record stuff off the radio? Absolutely. Yeah, we'd sit there by the radio waiting for a song to come on. You know, the DJs back then used to be pretty good about telling you it was coming up. Like coming up in this next hour, Corey Hart. You know, uh, Aerosmith, Bonjour. And so we'd sit there, like, if we knew there was a good song playing on the radio, just ready to. So I'd, Sarah would make me mixtapes. Oh, yeah. Of all sorts of stuff. Some stuff that she'd record off her tapes. We had high speed dubbing and a two, and mm -hmm. a two tape uh, boombox. It was great. Yeah. Um, some stuff from her tapes and some stuff from the radio, which would inevitably, like, have the first, second cut off on it Probably or something. the worst, yeah. right? It, it, it sort of. <laughs> It was a little bit of a bummer on the chord progression because you know there's that like pop music progression through the yep. through the, through the through the blues chord or through uh -huh. the blues scale that like gives you that familiar feeling, yeah. and uh, and a lot of that was robbed of the of its origin point. Yeah, I uh, I have I have this one mixtape that we made off the radio, and back when I was at that age, it was a lot of Arrow 103.5, which was Utah's like oldest rock station, and I remember just the the swell of More Than a Feeling by Boston. Oh mm -hmm. man. 
Like every time I hear that song, that kind of takes me back to mixtape era. Minus the first chord. Minus the first. <laughs> minus I think it's the 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 twinkle of. The, oh yeah, because you're probably across the room and you yeah. run to go push the record button, or yeah. maybe you had to change the tape. Mm-hmm. Oh man, what is Maxell? I we had the Maxell ninety minute tapes, whatever they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like the LP of the tape world. They were great. They were. They were all like super cool, like Matt Matt Gray, Matt mm-hmm. Silver. And were like, they the transparent ones? No, were those were the cheap ones. Okay. There were the that the Maxell like the ones that were like gray. They somebody told me they were like uh, you know DJs use these tapes. Sure. Um, and so those were the ones that I was super into getting. Yeah. I did have some transparent tapes, and you have to put the sticker on, and mm-hmm. you'd use them again and again and again, and you have like a layer of stickers. Yeah. Do you ever want to work in a radio station? No. No. I've always had sort of like. And I, I think this is the function of being the younger brother, like bad taste in music, because uh, it's, it's a lazy thing. Like, I don't have to have good taste in music. My sister, I just listen to what she listens to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always been kind of a music follower. Mm. Uh, I've, I've been trying to get better taste. Actually, it's sort of the subject of my last column in the magazine. Um, I've been trying to kind of expand my horizons, but there's not really anything good. So I'm just listening to podcasts. Do you use Spotify? I, think I do. We talked about this last time. Yeah. Have you seen the Spotify Discover? Yeah, it's fine. It's not great. Um, the more you use it, the better it gets. Interesting. And, you know. Um, Steven McGarrigle, one of our um, project managers on the web team, he, uh, we, every week we kind of go back and forth and see how it is. I, I've been really happy with it. It's kind of opened up a few, a few, there's, the thing with Spotify and with, you know, like internet radio in general is like, there's just so much available. Like, mm-hmm. what I really liked about, here I like the old days of music was like you would buy an album or something. You would find that single. You would love the song. You'd buy the album and you would play the album on repeat. Right. I love albums. Yeah. Albums are amazing. And with like Spotify, Apple music, whatever you do today, like there's not that you don't dive into an album like you used to. And what I really like about this discover feature is it's, it's showing me artists that I like other tracks of theirs that, um, that I maybe haven't heard and other like deep cuts it's kind of in opening and introducing new stuff, and I, I do like it. It's been my, and so I treat it like an album, and I just sit there and it sits on repeat mm-hmm. all week. And what I do is I listen to a couple of their their like constantly updated playlists, and I keep them synced on the air. So there's like the top 100 indie tracks, mm-hmm. top something hip hop tracks, and I'll just I mean I have to devote a little bit of time to it. You sit down with your phone and you listen to the playlist. And you just, I add the song that I like to my, like, sort yeah. of filtered playlist that I then will play on repeat for yeah. inevitably too long. Yeah, my starred playlist has just gotten gigantically long. Yeah, starring for me, is it was too easy, actually. There was, yeah. there was not enough um, friction mm-hmm. getting in the way of, of finding a new, of, uh, of adding something to your list. So I had a lot of, like, crap on it. Yeah. Interesting. But podcasting... <laughs> Yeah, podcasting's pretty good. What are you into lately besides WebMonkey? Oh my gosh. I I So, I live in the East Bay. Mm-hmm. I have like a 10 to 15 minute drive to BART. And then I sit on BART for like an hour and Crap, then Crap, where do you live, man? In Concord. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um might as well work in Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a lot better actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I've got like a roughly an hour and a half each way. Oof trip just to come into work every day. How do you even ever see your kids? Well, I mean, I leave at five. I'm home at six 30, hang out for an hour and a half. 
Okay, they go to bed, see them a little in the morning. We cherish the weekends, Joe. Yeah. We cherish the weekends. So anyways, that leaves me with a lot of time for podcasting. Yeah. Because like you do like three hours a day, and then I use Overcast, which is a great podcasting app for Mac, or for iOS. Marco Arment's the developer of it. And Love Marco. The Marco Instapaper. Marco Instapaper, Marco Tumblr, Marco Overcast. Marco Instapaper. Yeah. You can just forget about Tumblr for a minute. <laughs> Um, so overcast has a cool feature. It's smart speed. And so what it does is it clips out all the gaps Hmm. between sentences and between words and things like that. And so it it cuts out all the gaps and then it has a, uh, uh, a, a speed, a playback speed. And so you can do it at two plus. And so with smart, with smart speed, depending on the playlist or depending on the podcast episode, you can be listening at everything from like 2.5 to 2.7 speed. And it does the nice speed where it doesn't make everything sound like chipmunks. It, I think what it does is it cuts out wave, parts of the waveform. And so it just sounds fast rather than sounding like uh, Alvin and the chipmunks. And so I can power through a lot of stuff. So you listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, like easily 8 to 10 hours of podcasts a day. And that's just in A commu- day. A day. And I don't nice, li- man. I don't listen to podcasts at all at work because I can't have somebody like talking in my ear when I'm trying to write. Yeah, I can't do that either. You ever notice how like Ben can develop while watching a movie Dude, at the I same time? Cannot do that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And he's good too. <laughs> we think he's good, Ben. <laughs> Just kidding. You're, he doesn't listen to this. Yeah. No, Ben's 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 great, Ben. Y'all remember Ben from a couple episodes ago. Uh but so I mean, what do I listen to? You know, all the Wired stuff. Really like the Gadget Lab podcast and the entertainment one. The Monitor is a lot of fun. Was the Tori Kelly episode, did it happen yet? Or is it, has it not happened yet? I don't think I've heard that one yet. Yeah. They're going to talk about Tori Kelly on the next Monitor. I'm, oh, okay, I'm, cool. I'm a fan. Nice. Uh, Brett Easton Ellis podcast. That's a recommendation from Mike Calori of Gadget Lab. Um, that one's really fun. I, like, I went through film school, and uh, that's kind of fun to hear the insides Mm. of the film industry a little bit and writing and uh stuff like that 10 minute podcast what's that you listen to the long form podcast no it's good who is it done by like long form yeah the website yeah interesting do they just read articles or listen i'm not gonna spoil the surprise uh stephen colbert has a new podcast he does it's it's the late show podcast and so it's just kind of like behind the scenes um, of the late show. So it's, it's been a lot of like talks with the writers and talks with the, uh, um, different producers and stuff like that as they're working on. So like, Oh, that's cool. So they basically are showing you how they're developing this new show. Yeah. And so like, uh, one episode was talking about like the air conditioning and the studio and like how many seats to put in and, you know, placement of the stage Hmm. and stuff like that. And like a lot of them are like writers and producers and how Steven knows them and like where they came from and, Interesting things like that. It's neat. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Um, a lot of tech podcasts. Um, what do you listen to, Joe? I'm not listening to that many right now, um, just because every year NPR does their membership drive, mm-hmm. and uh, and every year I donate, and then I get I feel you like want I the sh- tote bag, don't you? Oh, I got the tote bag. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually um I don't, I don't think I took any Oh, I did I got the KLW t-shirt this year, uh, which is a kale 
W. <laughs> a W made of kale leaves. On a graphic tee. It's really good. Kale W. You get it? I get um, it. And so every year I donate and I'm like, you know what? I got to listen to more NPR. I love NPR so much. So I'm in my kind of like annual intense NPR kick. Mm-hmm. Radio Lab. No, I actually like, I'm kind of done with, I'm done with the, the long form shows on All NPR. Right. I just, I just listen to a lot of news. news and also the California report, which is really good. They have a podcast also. I should listen to that. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's, 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 you know, stuff you get at home. Yeah. Um, did you listen to Serial? I did, of course. Yeah, that was that apparently more than like quadrupled podcasting listening in America. That's something pretty, like everybody that. listened to it. It was great. It was fantastic. I'm actually nervous for the next one because expectations are high. And also, how can you even find a subject matter? I feel like they shouldn't be rushed to do another one until they find the story. Yeah. Have you listened to um, Have you listened to the Mystery Show podcast? No, but I love Starly Kine. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm it's it's on my docket. We're actually doing a road trip this weekend for Labor Day. Oh, cool! And it's gonna be Podcast City. I'm really behind on Startup, so uh, I want to listen to that. Startup, and good. then and then also the Mystery one. Yeah, I it's I think that the Mystery Show is kind of along those same lines. Like it's got to be hard to produce that in that what she's doing is not an easy thing, like mm-hmm. solving mysteries, <laughs> go figure. Like, um, and so I, she's up for a season two and I will see when the next one comes. I don't think it's, you should always need to do a season two. Yeah. You know, I mean, and this is a problem that we have in America with TV. It's, it's like something's good. It's like, yeah, just keep doing it forever. Let's just pay for it. Yeah. Like, well, and, and it just inevitably gets bad. I think, in, you know, in England, like the original Downton Abbey has, I think it was two series, two seasons, um, the sort of model where you can actually just have a fixed number of seasons, go into it with your arc set, with your number of episodes set and just like do enough to get a loyal fan base and then go. I think that's really nice. And I yeah. think you could apply that model to podcasts in a way that would, would, wouldn't require you to have like all this fear and apprehension about the next one. Yeah. Did I mean, we, it's kind of similar in TV too, right? Yeah. I mean, like, like True Detective season two, which was such a turd. Well, but on the on the flip side, though, the if you apply that same model and say that season one was an entire season, yep. and that was like an entire show, and True Detective season two was like an entirely different show that just shared the same name, right? Yep. And a director and writer and stuff like that, and so it's it's bad. It's too bad that season two didn't live up to the hype of season one. But on the same token, it wasn't like season one was drawn out another season that it didn't need to be drawn out to. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That, that is nice. So maybe that season can stand on its own. Oh, you're so optimistic. <laughs> I'm just really hoping for season three and that it'll be that it'll be good. Do they have any actors left? Uh, I don't think so. I think they used them all. Yeah. All actors are now used up. Sean Connery. <laughs> Sean Connery. Yeah, I can't see that at all. Um, Time is a flat circle. <laughs> a friend of mine, she did a really interesting podcast. She uh, she did an entire series all about polygamy, and she did huh. 100 episodes about polygamy. God, yeah, the the goal was to be like a year of polygamy to talk about the history of it, hmm. and she wrapped it all the way out to 100 episodes, and it was just kind of fascinating. Was it po- polygamy as well as polyandry, or just polygamy? Uh, it touched on that too, but it was mostly about like polygamy hmm. in the American West and uh, and its foundations and fundamentals and stuff like that. That is interesting. Is your friend from Utah? W- why would you think that? I've heard that in Utah, <laughs> the polygamy ratings 
on the radio, on podcasting is high. It's it's very high. They, yeah. There's a lot of it's interest in that yeah. subject matter. Yeah, it's really high. But um, yeah, no, she's from Utah. It's if you go to yearofpolygamy.com, you can uh, you can see this. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, so I think that's not something you want to be caught googling. Well, at home. it depends on how. Open nah, baby, you're. I'm just interested in polygamy. I'm just interested in why. Um, <laughs> Big Love was great. <laughs> it was great. Ah, uh, Bill. I really liked that show a lot. Me too. Probably not as much as you did. What does that mean? You you just sighed and said, ah, Bill. Ah, Bill. Um, anything else? No. I think I said all the interesting stuff I had to say in the first, like, three minutes. I, I do think what you said was interesting, and I don't think we ever got to. You, I think you said at one point the future of podcasting in 20 years is, and I don't think we ever got to the resolution on that. Well, I mean, if I knew that, I would not be sitting here working here. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I don't know what the future of podcasting is. I think that it will be something completely unexpected. I think if you sat down and you looked at all the problems of podcasting and you were like, oh, well, we need to fix this, this, and this, and then podcasting's going to take over the world, like you would come up with something that was probably difficult to implement, probably difficult to get buy-in from all the people who were already the leaders in your space and expensive to develop. Mm -hmm. The advance in podcasting is going to be the, is going to be the thing that, that nobody ever thought of. I mean, in a way, you can see Serial being the most radical rethinking of a podcast so far in that it was not a self-contained episode, that it was, it was drawn out. It was so long form. Um, that was radically different from anything I'd ever listened to before. I mean, you, you might and deep. have. deep. I mean, like, yeah. it wasn't like surface layer news. I mean, this wasn't your 10 o'clock news just being played for an hour. No, this is an investigative report that if you probably, if you wrote it down, I mean, if 200 words is, an, is a minute, which is about roughly the translation you're talking about, so there's 60 minutes each, 200 times 60 is 12,000 words times, how many episodes was it? 12, 10, 12. So 144,000 words. I mean, that's, that's a... That's a novel. That's a, no, it's a huge book. Yeah. Um, so to have that centered on one story is the kind of thing that you know, we hadn't seen before. But the thing that's going to be the podcast in 20 years, I think will be so far, a leap that's so far beyond that that we probably couldn't even comprehend it yet. It's just going to be exciting to watch and exciting to find the person who does it. Yeah. Fascinating. I love technology. I also love technology. Good. And I really like publishing, too. Like, I I think that it's it's interesting. Like, what I really like about podcasting is it's, a, it's this pair, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you need the technology to enable the publishing and you right. need to publish. Otherwise the technology is not worth anything. Right. And I, I, I just think it's a, such a cool format and, and it's really become so much more approachable. Like, yeah, it, it can be anything. Like I listened to a couple podcasts that are related specifically to, uh, a miniature war game that I play and like that there's enough of an audience to justify the publishing of that is pretty amazing, I think. Yeah, but does there have to be any audience to justify the publication of a podcast? Because to your earlier point, it's really just democratized to the, the level where anybody can do it. I mean, you don't have to. They're not necessarily doing it well. Well, maybe they are. I mean, like. I mean, but I mean, a hundred dollars we were talking about earlier can buy you a, 
a sort of really good podcasting microphone. Then you put yourself in your closet, hang a blanket over the door, record it with your buddy over Skype, and push it out. Like, it'll probably sound pretty good. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's all you need. Well, thank you for joining me. Uh, we, we didn't really do introductions in the beginning. Oh, Just, let's flip it around. But uh, Joe Brown. Hi, I'm Joe Brown. Joining me today. Nice to meet you. <laughs> He's the executive editor here at Wired. And uh, I'm Jake Spurlock. I'm on the tech team and host of the WebMonkey podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you have thoughts on podcasting, if you have uh, thoughts on GIF, animation, compression, and formatting, uh, let me know. Reach out to me. We clearly didn't know anything about we, that. We, we kind of pulled a lot out. Um, reach out as Why is Jake on Twitter. Joe MF Brown on Twitter. That's me. And uh, we'll catch you next time on the WebMonkey podcast. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Joe. Do we can do the lunch thing? Oh, shoot. We, we should do the lunch thing. What was lunch today? Uh, today lunch was yogurt marinated chicken. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. It was really good. That Beyond Meat alternative looked pretty bad, though. Um, I had some of it. Was it good? I generally like the Beyond Meat. I, I always get a little bit. Yeah, just to taste it, right? Just to taste it, Because yeah. some of it's better. Like, when they fry it, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, today, yogurt marinated grilled chicken with charred lemons and mini herbs. Mm. Uh, yogurt marinated grilled Beyond Meat chicken with charred lemons and mini herbs. Uh, salt roasted gold beets with salsa verde, navel oranges, and feta. That stuff was really, really good. It was, it was like reading it as a salad like this, it was really just a lot of beets and oranges. And it was really good. Oh, with the feta too. I love cheese. Feta plus beets plus oranges is a really great combination. Very summery. Very summery. It was very bright. Yeah. Very bright. colorful plate. Uh, tomato braised new potatoes and rainbow shard. Summer greens with a simple vinaigrette. Uh, gluten-free chocolate chip cookies. Masami has mastered those. They they are amazing. Like Ben came in. We were having a tech meeting over lunch. And he's like, I can't believe these cookies are gluten-free. And they were just unbelievable. Just totally delicious. It's a really neat trick, actually. What she does is, you know, I didn't know that rolled oats were gluten-free. Okay. I, I don't really know much about gluten. Mm-hmm. Um, but what she does is... She takes those rolled oats and puts them through the food processor to make flour. To make flour. So that's a good tip for anybody out there who is uh, trying to cut down on the gluten. There you go. Uh, iced coffee. It was it was great. Yeah, the iced coffee was clutch. Yeah, I, I love that cold brew. That Me they, too. Do you water it down? I put some half and half in. But you generally drink the concentrate straight? Yeah, I mean with half and half. But like how much half and half? Like probably two-thirds coffee, one-third half and half. I get thick and a lot of ice. Do you have to use a bigger straw for that? <laughs> it's one of those straws from the, uh, the bubble, bubble tea. tea. <laughs> <laughs> so you can pull up the ice at the same time as the... Uh, Let's get a wicked brain freeze and those things hit you in the back of the tonsils. So good. I love it. Um, yeah. Open offer. If you think you have a better lunch and you're somewhere in Soma, we'll, we'll trade lunch. We can talk about your lunch on the WebMonkey podcast. So That's what? That's what we do, Joe. Okay. Seems risky. Nobody has ever taken me up on it. Do you? But I would do it. Hmm. I want to do it. Wait, you, so wait, how does this work? You so will, I'll go to their place of business. Oh, so your offer is if you think you have a better <laughs> lunch, I will come eat lunch. Yeah, exactly. Lucky you. Lucky me. <laughs> There's perks to publishing. Look at that. Look at that. Seems a little bit like an abuse of power, Jake. I don't think so, though. I yeah. think it's, um, I think it's, uh, not an abuse of power. How about All right. that? <laughs> All right. Somebody feed Jake. <laughs>
Anyways, thanks for joining us on the Web Monkey Podcast.